especially in this kind of situation. It's like, yeah, that does suck to be in the hospital. No one wants to be in the hospital ever, but especially on a holiday or other special day. Like, that just sucks. Hello, you're listening to The Rare Life. I'm your host, Madeline Cheney. Today we have the third and last episode in our special three-part holiday series between season six and seven, all about being inpatient in the hospital with your child during holidays or birthdays or other special days. As with the other two episodes, I'm joined by Amanda Griffith Atkins as we examine and discuss the thoughts and insights of dozens of parent listeners that contributed to this episode. A huge thank you to each of you that weighed in. While most of your answers aren't explicitly quoted, I used every single one of them for developing the content of this episode. For those of you who don't know, you can participate in episodes like this in the future by following me on Instagram at the underscore rare underscore life, where I open up my stories for your thoughts. And your insights are always so valuable to me and making content as relevant and meaningful as possible. So thank you, thank you for everyone who has done that so far. Okay, so I'm sure most of you know Amanda Griffith Atkins well by now, since this is her sixth episode on the show. But for those of you who don't know or need a refresher, Amanda is a licensed therapist and a mom to four boys, one of which has Prader-Willi syndrome. So it's a really awesome combo. She is my favorite. She also has an Instagram that is real to the max. So if you don't already, be sure to follow her there. I'll put a link in the show notes for that. Okay, let's dive right into this important episode. Hi, Amanda. Welcome back to the show. I'm so excited to have you. Hello, I'm happy to be here. Awesome. And as people might be able to tell, I'm sick. Amanda's just getting over being sick, which is like so appropriate for these episodes about illnesses. (laughs) Maybe a little bit of health anxiety going on. But anyway, so there's a little note about the voice situation. But we're both so excited to dive into this topic and share this with everyone listening. I think that this episode is definitely for people who are currently in the situation or are going to be in the situation of having a child who's inpatient during a holiday or a birthday or special occasion of some sort. And for those of us listening who like have been there, done that and aren't necessarily going to this. I mean, you never know, right? Like that's the thing about it is you don't know until it's happening. But like for these holidays that are kind of packed and loaded from other past holidays and remembering the trauma of being inpatient. So anyway. Yeah. And just how hard it is to make it special. Do you try to make it special or do you just forget it and embrace the kind of sadness of the holiday? So hopefully this will be helpful to people who are in the position and people who may be in that position in the future too. Yes. Yep. 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 I think that this really, and like, especially when you encompass holidays and birthdays and anniversaries and you know, whatever it is, I feel like we're all in this situation at one point or another. And so like... Anyway, I feel like this is going to relate for a lot of people, but I would love to start out with a voice recording right at the gate from a listener named Caitlin Castro. We're friends. I actually listened to her recording after I like wrote out the outline and I was like, okay, well, Caitlin like hit on like almost all the points. So let's start out with her recording and we'll kind of unpack it and go through all the aspects of this. 
So here is Caitlin. Hi, my name is Caitlin. I live in Chicago with my family, which includes my medically complex child, Harriet, who is five years old. Over the years, we've spent just about every major holiday in the hospital at one time or another. Some years it's one holiday, some years it's another, and I have a lot of thoughts about spending holidays in the hospital. In general, holidays in the hospital feel isolating. It can feel like the whole world is celebrating without you. You're stuck in this sterile bubble where time doesn't exist. For me, sometimes I look at Instagram or social media and it feels like every single person in the world is at the apple orchard or baking cookies with their kids or visiting Santa. And it just makes me jealous and mad that my child is missing out. And not just that, but selfishly that I as a parent am missing out on these traditions with them too. I guess if I had any advice, one is that it's okay to tune out social media and kind of to tune out what other families are doing if that's something that's hurtful for you in the moment. And another piece of advice would be to allow yourself to be a little bummed about the situation, but not to shut down completely. It's helped us to try to bring some amount of celebrations into the hospital however we can. And some things we've done are dressing up in Halloween costumes, even if they can't even leave their room, buying a pre-cooked Thanksgiving turkey with sides and pie and Infection protocols allowing, depending on the year, maybe even bringing some family in to enjoy a Thanksgiving dinner together in their hospital room. One year for Christmas, my brother came to the hospital dressed in a Santa outfit that some friends had sent us when they knew we were sad about being stuck through the holidays. I also think that when the hospital staff see you doing things like this, it kind of functions to humanize your family and your child. A nurse at our very recent hospital stay this year saw my daughter and I hot gluing Halloween costumes together in her room. And that weekend when the nurse was with her family at Pumpkin Farm, she brought an extra pumpkin, a little small pumpkin to give to Harriet on her next shift. None of these things make up for some amount of bitterness and anxiety that I still feel about missing out, but at least it does help to be able to look back at photos of these modified celebrations we've had over the years and smile. I will say one thing that I didn't expect was how these experiences affect me even on holidays when we're not in the hospital. Sometimes that presents as making an extra effort to give to our local hospital's toy drive on years that Harriet is home. Uh, other times it means I find myself trying to cram in every holiday tradition early to get everything checked off the list at the beginning of the season because there's this voice in the back of my head that's saying, what if she's in the hospital for the actual holiday? What if we miss out? So I'll think to myself, well, the pumpkins we carved two weeks ago might be rotten by Halloween, but at least she didn't miss out. So suffice to say, I'm still working through some of those complex emotions. Okay, so she got cut off, but she did message me afterwards and tell me the rest of what she wanted to say. She said, I'm still working through these complex emotions, and I can't wait to hear the thoughts and suggestions from other families. But I just love Caitlin's feedback because I feel like it's so real. Like, it's not, like, overly, like, this is horrible, but it's like, yes, but it's hard, and, like, but here are things we've done. I just love – I feel like it. she hit on so many things. Yeah, she made it seem so approachable. And if anyone follows my Instagram, I have the tendency to be blunt and err more on sometimes the sad side. But I love what she said because she did tie in ways to not lose hope also. And, you know, like, I love it how somebody brought the Santa suit in, and she said sometimes bringing turkey and – She's learned how to make the effort to make things special. And I especially love what she said about how the nurse brought the pumpkin, because I was thinking before we were talking, like, 
it's hard for us when our kids are in the hospital, but we're also like the nurses and doctors, they're working on that day too. So the truth is nobody wants to be there on that day, especially. And so I love it that the nurse like went out of her way to do something special. And, you know, maybe even if parents have energy, they could do something special for the people who are working as well, because there's definitely some mutual loss there for missing out on your ideal holiday. Yeah, so true. So I we have a whole section about this. So why don't we just dig in? We'll just use Caitlin's recording as like our catalyst. I didn't even need to make this outline, but we'll just jump around because I, I do. I love that, like, you know, including the staff. That was a big one. We heard from a lot of parents that included the staff and the staff was really good about trying to help the families do things that they normally would be doing at home, but modified in the hospital, which I, it just makes you love those people so much more, like hearing that, right? Like, you're just like, oh, these people who watch us go through hell, like, right, our worst points are usually at the hospital. And then to also be there, you know, trying to help us have a decent holiday. And I will say, like you mentioned previously, we do have a whole section about if you don't want to do anything while you're at the hospital. So if you're listening right now and you're like, I don't want to do all that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Like, we have a whole section about that, too, because Mm -hmm. that's also a valid thing. But if you do want to celebrate the hospital, I do love all those ideas that Caitlin had. A lot of parents talked about utilizing child life specialists. And for those who aren't aware, child life specialists, they're there to support you and your child through hospital life. And they are especially trained to do that. And they even have their masters in that. And so I think holidays and birthdays, like celebrating those in the hospital, that's something that is right up their alley. And I heard a lot of parents who've utilized them and helping them like decorate the room and, you know, maybe like the turkey situation, like just saying like what resources they have and letting them know and and seeing if they can help you celebrate in the hospital, I think is a really great idea. Yeah, I love that. And so I also have like a list of things too that parents suggested. So you could decorate their room by putting in like a whole Christmas tree. Someone said that they did one year, which is awesome, or maybe a mini one, or, you know, putting up lights and signs, using special pajamas like you may, maybe you would do like matching pajamas at home. I know some people have that tradition. So maybe doing that in the hospital, fun sheets and pillowcases, which is clever. I didn't think of that. Something you can personalize if they let you, I guess. Balloons, if it's a birthday. Apparently the gift shops usually have helium you can use to blow it up. And I also know that like child life specialists often will want to help celebrate a sibling's birthday if their sibling is a patient. And so I just think like utilizing them again is like a really great thing to do. And then there's also this foundation called the Confetti Foundation. I hadn't heard of them, but they're an organization that supplies birthday boxes for kids. And so it's full of like a little stuffy that's a cupcake for kids who are on NPO and silverware and plates and fun decorations. I'll put a link in the show notes for them. There's this other foundation that's super cool called Icing Smiles. And apparently they're a nonprofit that organizes where you can have birthday cakes that they donate to you as a family when you're in the hospital. So I mean, There's just a lot of resources, I think, and you can get creative to be like, hey, what would we want? How do we make the room special by decorating it? You know, what kind of foods can we include that would make the day special? Just little things like that, I think, can make a big difference. Mm -hmm. I know I recently on my Instagram did like a, I called it a Halloween parade where I had people send me all pictures of their kids in their Halloween costumes. And there were a number of them that were admitted in the hospital. And it was so sweet to see the way that the parents like, brought Halloween to them, dressed them up in their Halloween costumes, took pictures. It brought a little bit of like lightness and happiness to something that 
stressful and anxiety provoking. So I think if you feel okay with it, mm. it's just such a sweet, comforting thing to do, to be able to find a little bit of joy when you're in that hard situation. Yeah, totally. And like Caitlin said, it kind of like humanizes your family. It's like, yeah, we're we're just a family. Like we're not like robotic medical machines that have to be in here. Like we're people who want to celebrate the same of children. And obviously it's really complicated, but I do love that, you know, dressing them up and doing what you need to do to make it feel special in whatever way you want to or feel capable of. What did you think about when she said that she feels pressure to like squeeze in all the holiday stuff before just in case something bad happens? Like, did that resonate with you at all? Or is that something that other people must feel that way too? And that feels it's like you have to take advantage of the times when your kid is healthy, especially if they're really prone to hospitalizations or getting really sick. And that just to me, I just really feel for her because I feel like that is so stressful and it just makes it really hard to be in the present moment because you have this huge to-do list that you're trying to squeeze and you're like, okay, they seem healthy and stable right now. So let's go ahead and celebrate birthday right now or celebrate whatever. It just feels, oof, that's hard. Yeah. Like it makes me Mm -hmm. feel really sad, right? Like that we have to think that way or that that's what is our reality. At the same time, I'm like, pretty smart like yeah take advantage of that time and do all the things because you don't really know if you're gonna be impatient or not and I don't know it seems kind of proactive it makes me sad that like that you know you have to feel that way or that that's a way of coping with it or that it's just that reality but it's pretty smart I mean honestly I'm like is that health anxiety probably (laughs) but but also it's like that is like such a that's what we do right Mm -hmm. we have to take advantage of opportunities when we see them and she's done this long enough to realize like you can't take a healthy day for granted and you got to get the most out of it. So I love that in a way. I think it's really resourceful and it allows her to have good family time. Yeah. And there were a few parents that said along those lines, like we don't really think of holidays as like a day anymore, but like as a season, as a holiday week or like a birthday week. And so that way it doesn't put as much pressure on the one day in case they are impatient. And so they're like, we're celebrating it like the whole week. And then if something happens and we're impatient, it's not as big of a deal. Which again, I think it's a way of like protecting yourself. You know, if you think about it that way, like I hate that feeling of being so disappointed when that happens. So we're not going to put all our eggs in one basket and we're going to celebrate for a longer span or like Caitlin, you know, earlier. And so anyway, I think it's it's pretty genius. It empowers her. Like in a situation where she's had like hardly any power, it gives her some power to be like, you know what? I'm going to take this into my own hands and I'm going to do it the way I want to this year. Yeah. It's super empowering, which honestly, let's jump into the whole like also rescheduling the holiday or the birthday because I feel like it's along those lines too, where it's kind of the reverse order. But like if you're impatient and you're like, great, we're going to be here for a holiday or a birthday or anniversary or whatever it is, like kind of again that realization of like it's just a day and we're just going to celebrate when we're outside the hospital and I realized that there were kind of like three different groups of people with camps with this which is like a few people were saying they do a small celebration in the hospital and then they reschedule like a birthday or whatever so like we do a few things in the hospital but then we're like a month later we went all out did the birthday party we wanted there are a lot of options here like you don't have to be we're doing a huge thing in the hospital we're not doing anything you can do that Another camp is totally rescheduling the holiday or the birthday and just being like, we're going to celebrate Christmas in January. Like, that's just 
for our reality and we're kind of sad, but like then we can actually give it justice. We don't want to do anything in the hospital on Christmas because I think a lot of people talked about how like it was really hard for them to try to focus on anything else. And I think Mm -hmm. that that would also largely depend on like how sick is your child? Like, are they fighting for their life? I wouldn't want to go get birthday balloons and all that. I'd be like, heck with that. I'm surviving right now. And so I think that would really sway that. And then I was curious to see that there were several parents that said they just ignore it. They just cancel it altogether and they didn't want to do it later or now. They were like, forget it. We missed it. It's just another day for us. Which again, it makes me sad that that's like something that happens, but like you got to do what you got to do. And I think that's a way of coping as well. Yeah. If they're like at capacity, I mean, those may be situations where their kid is seriously ill or there's a ton of anxiety around hospitalizations. Hospitalizations are so overwhelming because it puts your life on hold and maybe there's careers that people need to focus on or other children in the home. So maybe it's just like, you know what? I don't have the bandwidth to pull this together. And so if that's the case, I think that's completely fine. Mm -hmm. And then also acknowledging that like after you're inpatient, I don't know if you felt this. I know I've like asked other parents, this is definitely a thing where it's like that delayed reaction where you're like, I was in, like my adrenaline was pumping. I did what I had to do in the hospital setting. We get home. I'm wrecked the next few weeks, right? Where you're just processing what happened. Oh my gosh, we almost lost them. Or like, you know, just all the trauma that your body kind of processes like after the event because you had to be there and you had to be with it while you were in the hospital. And so I can also see why rescheduling doesn't necessarily feel like, oh, it's okay, we'll just reschedule. And you're like, I'm going to be going through hell after this too. It's not like we're out and we're happy and we're good. That's right. Yeah, I just think that it's great to have the permission to know like if you do that, like you're not the only one doing that. Like it's okay. Yeah. You know, this could be a time where, I think we always talk a lot whenever we do podcasts about like how people can support us. Like that could be a way that like family and friends could really support us is by being like, Hey, I know you guys were in the hospital during Thanksgiving. Can I bring you some Thanksgiving food? Or can I do your Easter baskets this year? If you were in the hospital during that time, like, you know, if anybody's listening to this, that has family that would like direct advice or ways that they can support. I think that's something that could be really helpful is if we're hospitalized and we're out during a holiday, like help us make it special or ask us what we need afterwards. Do we want to do anything to focus on the holiday after we're out or something? Because we might not have the bandwidth to do it ourselves, but it definitely would feel really loving for someone to do it for us. Totally. Yeah. It's like, we need a village more than anyone does. So like help us do the holidays. And especially if we have children that are cognizant enough to know about the holidays too. Cause I think this would be easier to swing yeah. if you have like a baby or a child who may not be super aware of holidays. But then, you know, if you do have, you know, the sibling or that your disabled child is aware that they're missing the holidays. I mean, that brings in a lot of guilt and like, wow, I'm letting them down. And that's a bummer. So I think, you know, like you say, bringing in family or friends that can help support in that way and kind of do a lot of the work of it. And you can be like, we're just going to celebrate with this, you know, their offerings and that'll be it. And it'll be nice and simple. Speaking of siblings, you know, that can be really hard if restrictions don't allow your other children to come visit. And I know that that was more of a thing at the height of COVID, but that's also a thing where like, if your children cannot be there and you have to split your time, like that's what some parents suggested is like half the day we're at the hospital with that child and half the day 
we're at home and we Skype in with each other. We Zoom call so we can kind of feel like we're together. I mean, it's just so sucky, but I love that parents are thinking about how can we do this when, you know, my heart is in two different places at once. And during a holiday, you want to be with your children and your partner. And so that's just rough. Yeah, that is so hard because I feel for those other kids that are home. Hopefully there's understanding that this is out of their control, but I think the risk there becomes that those kids develop resentment towards either their sibling or towards their parents because they feel like they weren't able to have the experience as well. Mm. So it puts parents in such a hard position because you want to be fair and you want everyone to feel the joy of holidays, but also you are only one person. So I think, again, that goes back to the importance of like your community and, you know, maybe you say, okay, I want you to go over to your best friend's house this Christmas, or I want you to go be with this other family. And I'm sorry that we can't all be together, but I really want you to feel it too. But, you know, I think we talk a lot about this with siblings, but trying to make sure that you have energy to give, if you have a sibling at home, a non-disabled sibling, that you're at least making arrangements for them too, because it's so easy to just hyper-focus on our child with a disability, especially if they're in the hospital. But I think that has the potential to set our other children up for resentment and feeling kind of forgotten. Mm-hmm, totally. And while you're talking too, I was thinking like, I think that's the power in like maybe saying if you can't be together as a family, be like, we're going to celebrate this outside the hospital when we're all done with this in a month, in a week, whatever it is. And we're going to do little things in the hospital. We'll send you to the best friend's house and stuff. Like this is just for now. Like we're going to celebrate big, like when we're home together. I feel like that would make me as a parent feel like it's okay. Like we'll do what we can here, but this is not it. You know, I would hate to not be all together as a family for like a big holiday or a birthday. So, yeah, I think another thing, like if you can be all together, like I think, you know, we talked about this a lot in our previous episode, but like we as adults and as parents, like we have a lot of expectations of what these holidays look like and these special days look like, but kids are usually so easy to please. So I love this. This one mom, she said, we brought the party to us. It wasn't ideal, but my kids thought it was cool to have a party and decorations at the hospital. And I'm like, yeah, like they probably are like, this is so sick. Like, look at this. We're in the hospital. We have the balloons and the cake. Like, this is so cool. And it's like, I don't know. I think leaning into the whole, like the magic of that kids bring to these things. I mean, like, yeah, this is cool. Like, you know, we can lean into this. I think, I don't know. I loved that. Cause I was like, I think a lot of times we're worrying about what our kids are thinking, what they're missing out on. But I do think that if we do kind of make that effort, whether it's at the hospital or after, like they're going to have a good time. Like they're kids. They're going to take the lead from us. So if we're like, yay, you know, it's Valentine's day. Look, they're going to be like, oh, like if they see us happy, they're going to be happy too. So if we're like really, really struggling with it to the point where we're not able to do anything, they're going to feel that too. So again, it's like that fine line of like, not toxic positivity, not faking it, but really trying to like muster up a little bit of energy to find some joy because I think our kids feed off that too. Mm -hmm, Totally. I have an audio recording from a mom, Therese, and she kind of talks about this. Hi, my name is Therese. We live in the Bay Area and we celebrated my daughter's first birthday in the ICU while she was recovering from her liver transplant. We had gotten the call just three days before her birthday, and it was pretty incredible that she got the gift of life as a birthday present. On that day, my husband and I reflected a lot on the first year we had with her, thinking about all the unknowns and the scary moments and all the good ones too. And I also remember thinking on that day, 
I was kind of relieved that there wasn't any pressure or expectation from friends or family to have a birthday party for her. We had been pretty isolated her first year of life, especially when she became active on the transplant list. And when we got to bring her home from the hospital a month after her surgery, it was my husband's birthday. So I guess my advice would be that no matter where you are or who you're with, a birthday can be just as special and a holiday season can still be magical, even if it's just you, your husband, and your daughter. Oh, that was sweet. And just such gratitude you could hear in her voice about, yeah, we're in the hospital, but it's for such an important reason. Like that is something to celebrate for sure. Yeah, totally. And I can imagine too, like if you're listening right now and you're like, well, we're in the hospital because, you know, my child got really sick and we don't know if they're going to live and that's not like something I'm celebrating. It's like, yeah, that's true. Like there's going to be different reasons that you are in the hospital, but I do think that like I could picture that, like that there's this like tenderness of like, man, look how far we've come, you know, and it's her birthday and it's been a year and there's not as much pressure to make a perfect birthday party because we're just going to do what we can at the hospital. And I think that's really just really tender, right? Like, yeah, it was still special. Yeah. You could like hear it in her voice too. That was so sweet. Yeah, totally. Okay. So other things that Caitlin said, I feel like there's more here to like dissect, kind of going back to her recording. Let's talk about the isolation and the jealousy because that is something that was a huge theme from, you know, other parents talking about the same type of thing. Like, this is not fair for me. It's not fair for my child. Isolating was one of the number one words that people used when they were describing how it felt. And you feel that. There were some other parents that also, like, expressed how that felt, like, as far as, like, the isolation. She said, the world kept on celebrating when my world was falling apart around Mm -hmm. me. Doesn't that Mm -hmm. just, oh, my goodness. Like, because I think what it does is it intensifies the juxtaposition that we feel. It's like, okay, well, like, they're doing all these fun things and we're going to appointments all the time. But then it's like, but then like, they're celebrating a holiday and we are fighting for our child's life. You know, like, it's just like, I don't know. I feel like there's like this discouragement and this feeling of defeat. There's this other mom that said, we spent all of Maeve's first major holidays in the hospital, Halloween through New Year's. It was traumatizing. I remember crying in the bathroom on Christmas because I didn't know if this was going to be our only holiday season with her alive. Seeing other families, including our own extended family, in such a state of celebration was heartbreaking and isolating. Yeah. Doesn't just give you chills. Like, just such a contrast. And I think it feels so unfair. I remember feeling such a similar way just even when Asher was in the NICU. It's so crazy. You feel so like separate from the world because, oh, everyone's going over to so-and-so's house to like eat a big meal and open presents and stuff. And you're like, and we're waiting for the specialist to come in and give us a kidney update or something like that. Like you feel so removed from the real world. And I mean, isolated is the perfect word to describe it because I feel like you truly just feel so alone on those days. And then to throw in like, is this like a terminal situation where she's like, is this going to be our last holiday season, our only holiday season spent with her? I mean, oh, it's like heartbreaking. Yeah, seriously. And I mean, this is not the same on that magnitude, but one experience that we had early on for Kimball, he was a baby and we went to my husband's brother's wedding and we'd left him and our daughter with a neighbor friend who was also a NICU nurse 
and again like hashtag medical mom right? so you have to get a, like a medical professional to babysit but <laughs> And he was kind of like under the weather when we left, but we're like, hey, he'll be fine with Jennifer and we'll rush home if we need to, you know, that whole thing. So we were gone for like, I don't know, a good like six hours for the wedding. And then we came back and we were going to freshen up and then go to the reception. And we got home and she was like, he's not doing well. I think you should probably take him in. And we're like, no, like, no, we cannot miss this. This is like his baby brother's wedding reception. Like, this is a big deal. It's once in a lifetime, right? But of course, we took him in because that's what you do. Like, you're not, you know, sorry, son, you know, we have this wedding to attend. And so we went to the ER and we're sitting there just feeling so, I don't know, I mean, definitely a lot of grief of like, this sucks so bad. And I felt so bad for my husband. And, you know, I was like, you can go without me. And he was like, no, I'm not leaving, you know, because you don't know if it's like a life threatening thing. And it always kind of feels that way. And so it was just like, we just felt so separate and we felt so pitied by like his family because they all felt so bad for us and thinking of all the fun they were having. And it's just like, here we are at the hospital, like admitting our son and to make it worse, this is a tangent, but to make it worse, the next day we were discharged. And I remember thinking, I don't think we needed to come in. I really don't. Because I was like, I was going off of what the nurse said because I was like, oh, she's a nurse. She was with him all day. I wasn't. But just from like my mom gut, I was like, that was too easy for them to discharge. I think that it really was like a barely we got admitted kind of situation. We would have been fine at home. And doesn't that just like kill you? Like these things you miss out on. I mean, there's like real grief there when you're missing out on things that you expected. And I don't know. I just, in the isolation, we felt so isolated. Like no one else knows what this feels like. But just that's important what you said about that tug of like, do we go and like err on the conservative side or do we take a risk and stay home and go do our thing that we're probably going to be anxious at if we go anyway? I'm sure around the holidays, it could be similar. Like even if it's like an elective surgery or, you know, you're like, do we take them to the ER? You know, I think in general, I don't know. Everyone's probably different. I am for sure on the conservative side. Like I will take Asher in for the smallest thing because I have so much anxiety around it, but other parents might not do that. But I feel like what's going on holidays or your plans may have an impact on that. So that's a hard position to be in too, just to have to make that call. Mm-hmm, totally. It just sucks. Okay. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about feeling your feelings. Cause that's like a really, one of the number one pieces of advice that people gave is to allow yourself to be sad and to be bummed and to be feeling lonely. Cause that is so important. I think you and I talk about that a lot, but like especially in this kind of situation, it's like, yeah, that does suck Mm -hmm. to be in the hospital. No one wants to be in the hospital ever, but especially on a holiday or other special day, like that just sucks. When mom said, just feel your feelings, acknowledge that it sucks and it isn't what you planned. Absolutely. Can't that be like blanket statement on everything about. There you go. (laughs) Apply all to everything. (laughs) Yeah. Like when mom was saying like, let the tears flow whenever they come, don't stuff it down. And I'm like, yeah, like if you find yourself kind of weepy, like that's fine. All the parents that you're seeing, you're walking down the halls and you see the other parents at the hospital, like they're probably feeling very similar things as you. And I'm also envisioning like, if you're there with your spouse, it could also be like a really joining moment between you and your spouse. Like we're in this together. Sometimes it really does feel like nobody else gets it except for my spouse. Like Nobody really gets what it's like to parent Asher except for my husband. And there is that you are isolated in a lot of ways, but also if you're there with your spouse, that is a moment to be vulnerable, put your guard down, 
shed some tears and be like, we're in this together and maybe even show some gratitude for each other. So I'm not trying to like look for a silver lining in it because that's not it at all. But like there are opportunities for like togetherness in the hospital too and connection with your spouse. Because honestly, when else are you just you and your spouse and your kid for a week at a time? (laughs) It's not vacation, but it's a lot of together time. So there are opportunities for connection. Yeah, totally. And I think it's kind of that similar feeling that we have as like parents, like when we meet another parent who's going through similar things and you're like, oh my gosh, we can connect over this so well because of the isolation we feel from everyone else. Mm -hmm. So I do think it's like a more intimate version of that. Like you said, like no one else knows what it's like to be in my exact shoes. I guess Amanda can relate with me on like a lot of stuff that I deal with Kimball, but like it's not the same thing. And, but I know that Justin goes through a lot of those things with me or is at least has frontline mm-hmm. seats to like how it's affecting me. And I see him and I really like that. Cause I, I think I have definitely felt that like, especially in survival situations or like high stress situations, like at the hospital where you, it's you and him, right? Like you guys are kind of battling this together and figuring it out together. And certainly it's not all rainbows and sunshine, but like, I do think that it does feel very bonding. Mm-hmm. So I just like wrote down all these words because so many people contributed, which was so awesome. And I like just like made this like little list of the words they use to describe how it feels Mm. to be impatient during a special day. So I'm just going to like read those. Here's like your chance to feel the feelings. (laughs) You've been shoving it down. So here they are. Isolating. That was a big one. Really, really, really hard. Just about killed me emotionally. Heartbroken devastated, guilty, sadness, horrible, terrible, so depressing, overwhelming, crushing, awful, separated as a family, shitty, lonely, disappointing, but kind of getting used to it. Doesn't that just, oh my gosh, that just brings all the feels wow that's a big deal and I think that's like maybe we kind of minimize that like oh it's fine it's just a holiday I'm not like a kid but it's like it is a big deal and it just makes me think of after when we get home from an experience like that what does self-care look like what does recovery look like that feels so important I'm sure I mean we've talked about doing an episode on self-care but that just feels essential to the hospital experience is giving yourself time and space afterwards to recover from the trauma that you've been through. I mean, those words Mm -hmm. that you just described could be describing war, right? They could be describing some terrible attack or something like that, but it just shows how damaging that is to us. And I think self-care is so important afterwards to recover from it. And even that, like that self-compassion of like letting yourself feel these things while you're there and not like shaming yourself. I'm like, and it's Christmas though. I need to be happy. Like to let the tears come when they do and to like take time to be sad. I think that's one of the things I love too about what Caitlin said, where she said her husband and she allowed themselves to be bummed about it, but then to also not let it take over. Yeah. And I think that takes some finesse to not like, you don't want to ever be, like, gaslighting yourself. I'm like, it's fine. We're fine. Everything's fine. But you also, like, I think it's a gift to yourself if you're able to kind of keep yourself together and try to see the silver lining or try to be positive and, like, not just focus on the 
disappointment and the grief that you're feeling, right? Because then that you can, allows you to still make some good memories. And like she said, take pictures that we smile at later. And yes, it's not what you pictured and it was horribly stressful and all those words, but then also like we did make the most of it and it was okay, you know? Yeah, because I keep coming back to like, to some extent, our kid needs us to be able to hold some sense of joy. Like they're not feeling well, they're having health issues and presumably we're healthy and feeling fine. And so I think it is important to try a little bit to not let it overtake you. Like she was saying, because in a way we like, owe that to our child, they're going to reflect what it is that we're feeling. And if we can find some sense of joy, that's helpful for them too. Hard though. And a lot of parents too, there's several that said that it was helpful to like let go of expectations and not really expect anything for the day and then just do little things to make it more special and how that helped it feel like a good day. And I'm like, oh, I like that too, where you're not like, this needs to feel like Christmas, you know, like these huge holidays that we build up, but to be like, you know, we're in the hospital. So it's, you know, we're going to do another day or whatever it is, but like, we're going to make the most of it while we're here. And I do think that that can bring on some like kind of spontaneous fun moments and tender moments and things like that as a family. Yeah. I think what you're describing is acceptance to some level, like Hmm. I'm accepting that this is where we are. We can't necessarily change it. I'm just going to like manage my expectations and feel what I'm feeling. Yeah, totally. Okay. The last like little part to tackle is kind of how this affects subsequent years, you know? So like kind of like we mentioned at the beginning where it's like, yeah, either you're impatient during holidays or maybe you're remembering past holidays. I thought this was so interesting. There was kind of like from two different ends of the spectrum here. And I'm guessing that everyone's kind of a mix of both, just different amounts. But one parent said, I felt a whole level of grief that I felt the next year's holiday season as well, trying to make up for it, mm-hmm. which, you know, that's really hard. Like where you're grieving the last years, like, man, we missed out on this last year. Like, yeah, we're doing it right now, but like, man, we didn't do it last year. And it better be bigger and better than ever to make up for two holiday seasons. That's really rough. And then Another parent said, we spent Christmas impatient last year, which makes us less excited for this upcoming season. I think some of that too probably comes from that trauma of like remembering and to be like, oh, wow, we were fighting for my child's life last Christmas and here we are again and I'm remembering it and how that felt, which I didn't know we talked about a bit in the previous episode. And then another parent said, it made us even more grateful for the holidays that we weren't impatient. So I do think that it's probably some combo of all these where you're like, I feel sad that we ever were impatient during these, but then also I'm so glad I'm not right now. Yeah. And things like seeing a Christmas tree or there's little reminders of holidays everywhere too. And if you were impatient, let's say during Valentine's day, your kid was really sick. It was really traumatic. Like as soon as you start to see those little part boxes come out the next year, you might feel a twinge of anxiety and a little bit of PTSD from that. So there's reminders everywhere. And I think even if mentally you're not able to put that together and be like, oh yeah, that's why I'm feeling anxiety right now. Our bodies remember, right? All of our senses hold on to trauma in different ways. And so I think it's important to be aware of what was happening when your child was in the hospital. Like what was the weather like? What music were you listening to? Because all that can come back and really stir up our trauma down the line. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you can 
try to be able to be aware of that, how much that helps. Then you're not like, well, that was a really crappy week. Why do I feel like that? And to not really like understand why this is so weird about it. It's like where you say like your body remembers and you don't necessarily cognizantly like understand what's happening. And I feel like that can kind of jack it up a bit more. And so if you like understand like, oh, it's Valentine's Day, like that's what it is. Even if you like were in the hospital and you were like, we're going to ignore it completely. I mean, those holidays may come up and still bring you back to that place, you know? So <laughs> there's still the music or there's still reminders on TV and outside of the hospital that you're going to see. So you can't ignore it altogether. Ugh, yeah, no, that's a really, that's a doozy. That's so hard. We are so human. And so everything is all connected. So it's not just going to be like Christmas of 2020. We were there, but like, don't worry, we're not there anymore. And it's like, that's just not how it always is. In fact, it's never really out as you can't compartmentalize like that. Okay, there's this one thing that this mom said. I just have to include this. She said, it was crushing. I felt pressure to leave my baby in the NICU and felt awful. I had a breakdown during the Christmas mass. Don't let others influence what you do during the holidays. Don't you love that? She wished that she would have stayed in the hospital is what she's saying. Yeah. Um, yeah, they like pressured her to leave yeah. the baby in the NICU. Come on, go to Christmas mass. It's fine. And especially like in the NICU, because, you know, I've had people argue with me like, oh, they don't even know you're there. It's not that big of a deal. They're just a baby, <laughs> which I don't love. Yeah. But it's like, don't let them pressure you. Do what you need to do. If it means not doing anything for that holiday, but being with your child, and that's what makes you at least we're together, you know, like do the thing you need to do. But yes. And nobody else knows better. Like, I'm sure her family was really well-meaning, like, just come. This will bring you comfort to go to mass. Like you'll feel good if you do this, you need a break. But in her heart, she knew, no, I want to be with my baby. And she didn't feel like she could listen to that voice. So I think that's a really good reminder to listen to your gut as a parent. And I feel for her because I don't know if that was her first kid, but it was certainly a little baby. And maybe she was questioning her intuition as a mom or something, but just such a good reminder to listen to your gut and as parents, like we know what's best for ourselves and for our kids. Yeah. And do whatever you need to do to make the holiday special for you, not to give into those things. Yep. I feel for her. Okay. Well, like in conclusion, I just feel like, I don't know, this would be a great spot for us to acknowledge that like as crappy and isolating as these things are, like, I mean, we had dozens and dozens of parents weighing in on this. Like, I think, like, we logically know we're not the only ones going through. I mean, there's, like, other parents we see in the hospital literally on that day. So we know we're not the only ones. But I think that's something that I think can be so comforting is to know, like, that you're not alone. Like, there's a whole army of other parents who are going through this, either going impatient during the holidays or the birthdays or whatever it is, or remembering other years when they were also or just fearing that they will, you know. And so I think that's what I would love for listeners to be left with, you know, after this conversation. And to give themselves permission to take the pressure off. Like you don't have to be anything. You don't have to create this magical holiday. Like you're one person and you're also going through an emotional experience through this. And your number one job is to take care of yourself emotionally and physically and to do the same for your child. So that's the most important thing. And from there, just check in with yourself and see what you're capable of in terms of celebrating the holidays. But just give yourself permission to take it easy. Yes. And a little thing I think goes a long ways. Like one special movie that you like to watch yeah. as a family and snuggling up and watching that while you're in the hospital room. I mean, like that can take such minimal effort, but I don't know. Like that's what's so special about it. I think it really can bring 
kind of like, well, this is a really tender moment. This is a really tender memory that we're creating together. It's sad, but we're also feeling joy and love for each other. And, you know, it's complex, but not to be cheesy, but that's the best kind of joy, isn't it? I love that. Well, thank you so much, Amanda, for joining me and tackling this topic. I'm really hopeful that this will resonate with parents and join us on Instagram because we can open it up to things that we missed or forgot or things that you want to add on of different tips or aspects of this that were not covered in episode. So we'll share that to our stories. Thank you. If you haven't gotten a chance to listen to the other two holiday themed episodes, be sure to do that. There are links in the show notes for both of those, as well as ways to connect with Amanda and me on social media. Mark your calendars for January 26th for the kickoff episode for season seven. I'm hard at work creating awesome episodes for that season, and I know that you will love them. If you want episodes between now and then, this can be a great opportunity to go back and catch older episodes that you haven't already listened to, or to re-listen to your favorites. We have more than a hundred episodes to choose from. Yay. (laughs) All right. Happy holidays to everyone. And I will see you next month.